Lucas, and welcome to this Practice Power episode. You know, Practice Power, this podcast is dedicated to the success of all financial advisors and registered investment advisors. So, welcome. Uh, the month of December is tracking right along. This is uh, your host, Coach Joe Lucas. And in this episode, what we want to do is continue and uh, hopefully conclude our benchmarking process uh, that we started in our last episode. So as a reminder, uh, what we did last week was that uh, I wanted to share with you the uh, 13 uh, key indicators or behavioral benchmarks of what successful advisors do. And we started that process last week and we want to conclude it this week. So here are the rules as a reminder. What I'd like you to do is, uh, and I think this is uh, one of those podcasts where, of course, if you're driving and, and you're, you know, if you're walking or riding, you're exercising, totally understand. I'm, I'm not going to ask you to pull over on the side of the road and, and stop everything. But if you're at your desk or you're, you're you know, stationary, get a piece of paper out, get a pad out, get, in, get your journal out. And what I'd like you to do is score yourself on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, one being totally not doing this, sort of a, wow, I never thought of that before type scenario, right? Uh, to a nine, because uh, there is no 10, 10 is perfection. Uh, to a nine saying, you know, I'm doing a great job on that, I can teach it, and I'm good to go, and then anywhere in between. Uh, the reason why we do these benchmarks, quite frankly, is that, you know, a lot of times when advisors think about doing business plans and goals for next year, um, you know, we, we tend to focus on, as an industry, the numbers, right? Production assets, premium, households, and, and we kind of get the math going, which is fine, need that. But then you got to look at, okay, where do I sabotage myself? You know, where am I not at a level that I need to be in order to continue to grow my practice? And the reason why growth stops is there a breakdown, there's a breakdown of habits, behaviors, and that's what bottom line is. So today, in this episode, let's continue our conversation on what these benchmarks are, what these key indicators are. So the next one I want to discuss with you is the one that is incredibly important. I mean, they're all important, but this one I would put a little star around. It's health and energy. Now, here's the reality of, our, of what we do. If you're engaged in dealing with other human beings about things that are emotional, like their money, like their wealth, you need to have an abundant amount of just, not just emotional energy, but also physical energy. You have to be in condition. You have to be fit. And the reality is, I, and look, here's correlations. You can sit there and tell me, and I've had clients do this and advisors do this for decades, you know, want to go get another designation, whether it's a CFP, a CFA, CFA level two, SEMA, all those things, right? And there's a ton of them. I mean, you can have an extra long business card for all the designations you could, you know, get, buy, educate yourself on. Here's the reality. That alone will not make you more successful. It'll make you smarter. You'll know more. And that by itself is pretty good, right? But here's the thing, and I want you to kind of hear me on this. If in a typical business day, you're basically out of gas come 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, or you just don't feel like doing things, or you look in the mirror, you don't like, the, you don't like what you see, right? It's a problem. It's costing you money. So correlation. Education will not increase your revenue streams. Losing 20 pounds will increase your revenue streams. The fitter you are, the healthier you are, the more vibrant you are, the more energy you have. 
the better you're going to be. Why? You're going to be in a more resourceful state on a more continuous basis. And at the end of the day, our resourcefulness matters. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how fit are you? How much energy do you have? Look, and I've got clients that, that do, you know, Ironmans as kind of a hobby, right? And I've got clients that, you know, I get them to walk two or three miles a day. That's pretty good, right? And everything in between. The point being is fitness matters. And here's the other thing. This is also a business of self-image. So if you don't like the image, you don't like the, you don't like the man or woman in the mirror, you don't like the way you look, I'm telling you right now, at some level, you're sabotaging your greatness. And this must be addressed. Must be addressed. That's why, A, I have it in here uh, as a benchmark. Because I've seen, I've seen the story. I've watched the transformation of clients losing weight, getting healthier, and, and watching their business explode. Now, why would that be the case? What would be that connection there? It's basically this. Every human being has what I call the monkey on their back. It could be not being organized, it could be your weight, it could be your fitness levels, it could be your psychology. You know, the I can'ts, right? I can't lose weight, I can't get organized, I can't learn, you know, the, the I can'ts. It's the monkey on your back. And when you, when you tackle the monkey, when you get the monkey off your back, so you get a breakthrough, right? And a lot of times, you know, we want the, you know, people retain me because they want a business breakthrough. You know, they want to see their growth. The reality is that sometimes the business breakthrough can only happen when a personal breakthrough is achieved first. And that becomes critical. So one of the things I want you to address in your plan for 2016 is how am I going to either A, maintain or maybe increase my health and fitness, or B, I need to get healthy. I need to get fit. And I can't have the distractions of time, you know, the excuse, oh, I have no time, I'm busy. Hey, that's a bunch of BS. That's a story you're telling yourself to justify not taking action, okay? So again, scale one to nine, where are we? And then what do we need to do? And look, we, I don't need to spend a ton of time on this. Go get yourself a trainer, go get yourself a nutritionist, go get yourself, get the team around you, get the team and get yourself accountable, okay? So it's one of the key benchmarks, again, energy levels, critical. Next, next benchmark, a written market and business development plan. Now, inside of practice power, inside of our business planning process, it's module number eight, is our business development game plan. And what I talk about is the different uh, channels or different pillars, if you will, of business growth, right? I mean, if you really think about it, there's only two core ways to grow anybody's business, right? There is A, getting more clients, B, getting more revenue from current clients, optimization, right? I mean, it's 1A, 1B, and that's it. There's not, you know, there's not a third leg, a third avenue out there. You need more and more, right? So what I want to ask you is, do you have a written business development game plan? Do you have a marketing calendar? Do you know uh, when you're going to do your client educational events? Uh, do you know, for example, how many referrals you've got in so far, introductions in 2015? You know, we talk about those things. So let me give you some of the legs real quick. And again, if you want more information on, again, Practice Power Business, Develop, uh, business Development Center, module number eight. Number one is going to be what are we doing to generate introductions and referrals, right? What do we do? What's our proactive process? Number two, how do we handle optimization? 
And to me, optimization is a, really a function of the review process. How do we handle our reviews? Is it a myopic portfolio review? Or are we doing more of a deep dive, general review, looking at all areas, outside assets, insurance opportunities, so on and so forth? That's number two. Number three, what are we doing in terms of our online presence, our website? Is it not just up to date, is it killer? Because let's face it, the, your website today is your initial first impression. It's not like it was years ago when people used to go in your office and they say, oh, look at this building and man, look at this, uh, look at the oak paneling and look at the suit and, and look at the dress and look at the mannerisms. That was first impressions years ago. Today, you know what first impressions are? Your website and your LinkedIn profile. Are they both excellent? Are they both up to snuff? That is where people make their initial impression of you. So again, then our newsletter, right? All those pieces. So that's the third piece. And then, and then you go, whether you're doing centers of influence, uh, you do seminars, you do cold calling, you do networking. I mean, there's probably up to 10 different ways to drive revenue in your business, new clients. You've got to know the ones for you that you want to use. So on a scale of one to nine, how tight are you? Have you been with a written business development plan? How often have you reviewed it slash daily slash weekly? How well have you executed these areas? If you want to improve your score, again, Module eight, practice power. Now I know what some of your sinners are saying, but Joe, marketing and business development, I mean, that's like, that's where it's at and it is, but I can't spend, and I can spend, uh, you know, probably 20 podcasts on different strategies that my clients use and I will over the next several months. But for this particular podcast, it's about benchmarking. So how well, and again, it's in writing, it's in the calendar, it's in the monthly game plan, you know, it's systematized, it's executed. It happens on a regular basis. So again, walk through that. Next piece, next benchmark. Now, uh, let me qualify this benchmark because some of you may sit there and say, well, Joe, it's, it's kind of self-serving. And you know what? I'll admit that a little bit, but just kind of hear me out. So here's our next benchmark. Our next benchmark is, you know, do you have a written personal development game plan? Okay, so, and that is one of the modules that we have. We call it a PD plan, and I'll explain that in a second. And do you invest in coaching? Do you do that? Do you take care of yourself? So again, on a scale of one to nine, one being, hmm, and I think I think we'll have a lot, lot of low scores on this one, quite frankly, right? If you're listening to me, do you have a personal development game plan out? And I'm also going to talk about a budget in a second, and then and then what do you invest it in? Okay, so here's my philosophy, my strategies. Uh, I've always I've always recommended, and for those of you who are clients of mine, have come to my events or and uh, we've interacted with. You know, I firmly believe that every advisor needs to take between 5 and 10% of either their gross revenue or their net revenue. It depends on how you want to do it. You know, again, it's, it's up to you. And make that a specific line, budget line item to reinvest back into you because you are the core product, Okay. Remember the old saying, people buy you, then they buy your service? It's so true. People look at you, and you're the initial product. It's not your portfolios. It's not your plan. It's you, the human being. Okay? So very quickly, let's do a little benchmark here, and then we'll get into some other strategies around this. On a scale of, again, one to nine, do you have a written PD plan? Did you execute it? Did you reinvest back in yourself? Okay? So getting back to my premise of 5 to 10%, what would you do with the money? Here's what you do. 
and, and, and I'm not going to make it just about me and what I do. I'm, I'm going to really expand, expand it. So number one, uh, you know, again, talking about what we just talked about, health and fitness, that would be the gym membership, the personal trainer, the nutritionist, right? That would be one way to reinvest stuff, yourself back in. That would be all your uh, seminars you go to, uh, trainings, personal development stuff, CE credit stuff. Again, anything you need to do to keep your, yourself up uh, professionally. What else can it include? Um, you know, some, if, you, if you want to sit there and rationalize, hey, you know, I need to get a little bit better at my golf game to take clients out. So I guess your golf coach, that would be part of it, right? Your swing coach or whatever you have there. Um, it could include all those things, books, tapes, seminars, uh, membership to practice power. All those things would be encapsulated into that PD budget. Now, this is something I've done for nearly 20 years, right? And then also, by the way, it's also for you to find and retain a coach. Here's the funny thing about that. And I will address this in a moment. What I, what I have always found very fascinating in my space, and I look at who comes in my world, and you know what's funny is a lot of times we, I get a client who's already very good at what they do. They're very successful, but they want that, they want that edge. They want, they want that 5 to, the 5 to 10% differential, right, in what they do. It's not, it's not that they need a coach. They want a coach, it's very different. I always found that fascinating. And yet, and I can talk about this year a little bit. You know, I go around the country. Uh, I, you know, I, get, I do trainings, uh, speaking engagements when I'm invited to go out. And I can go do a two-day training with a firm, sit with a number of advisors. And it's fascinating. The ones that end up really coming up and starting to want to talk about doing things are the ones that are already kind of successful. They want that, again, that next level. They want. The ones that need it. Or the ones that say things like, well, I just can't afford it, or I don't know, or that's a lot of money. You know, they, they kind of play that, that justification game. And quite frankly, that's why after 20 years, they're just scraping by. Because they don't understand about reinvesting back in themselves. And here's what I would say about that. Again, and I'm not sitting here saying that I'm the one that you should all come reach out to. Go find yourself somebody you resonate with. But here's what you got to ask yourself. Am I worth it? Because here's the reality. If you're not willing to reinvest in yourself, then what, what's the message to yourself? I'm not worth it. And that's the message. And is that the message you want to keep giving yourself? You know, PD budgets are great. So, you know, let's just, say, let's just take it this way. Hypothetically, if you're, you're, you, you, let's say you have 100, and I'll keep it simple. Let's say you have $100,000 revenue. And you decide, yeah, five percent makes sense for me. So that's five thousand dollars a year as a line item, right? And then you know, when you get to two hundred thousand dollars, that top five percent now becomes ten thousand dollars a year, right? When you get to three hundred thousand, fifty, you get my point, right? When you get to half a million dollars of revenue at five points, you got a twenty-five thousand dollar budget. You can hire some pretty sharp people. Now, I've been doing this for a long time, and I'll tell you right now, you know, I spend the most of anybody that I know including my clients, quite frankly, on personal development. You know, I hire the best coaches. I go to the $20,000 seminars. I do all those things. You know, I buy the $2,000 online course. Now, why would I do that? Number one, because I have it in the budget, and to me, it's like you, 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 know, use, you use it or you lose it, right? So I spend it, and I've never regretted it. And every year... My revenue and my income goes up. I just get more resources to redeploy back. It becomes its own momentum. 
So I cannot encourage you all enough to 5 to 10%, net or gross, whatever you want to do, for 2016, put it in a line, put it in a budget for yourself and go get the best you possibly can get to help you. Again, coach, personal trainer, doctor, nutri- whatever you need, right, to make you a better you, go ahead and do that. It's critically important. All right, let's move on to the next benchmark. Mastering the principles of influence and meeting mastery. So here's the kind of funny part. I've heard this for decades. You know, Joe, you just got to get me in front of the right people. Once I'm there, I mean, I could do a really, really good job. So okay. And you know what? I would believe you up until about maybe eight years ago because the marketplace has changed. Investors are skeptical. They're not, they don't make quick decisions typically. We all know they have a ton of choices, right? And there's more choices, right? You look at today versus, let's say, 10 years ago, right? We now have the online advisor. We have the online brokers. We have now robo-advisors coming out. You know, we have the banks. We have the independents. We have the firms, the warehouses, the independent RAs. I mean, uh, you know, the property and casualty people have Series 6s now. And, and, you know, Walmart may get in the business and all this stuff, right? So, and let's also remember that a person can also do it themselves, they don't need to hire. The reality is, there's no legal commitment requirement to hire a financial advisor. Point making is this: you have to understand how human beings think, act, decide, process. You have to understand their emotional blueprint, what's important to them, their values, their rules, their systems. Right? If you're if you're working with a what I'll call a presentation-based process. The pitch book, which makes me want to vomit, quite frankly, if, if we're using that as kind of our core piece. You know, all this other stuff, you have to understand human beings. You have to have more of a coaching slash consultative process when you're dealing with prospects. And I don't care if that prospect comes from a seminar or they're referred to you by a client or they're referred to you by another professional. You need to understand how to sit down and diagnose. Quick story. I'm engaged right now in an evaluation with a potential new client. Um, I can't tell you where they are, but they do a lot of radio. And his phone will ring literally two to three times a day. Uh, He'll have between 10 and 15 new people literally every week come in seeking his guidance. His conversion ratio sucks. And I told him that. Why? Because he gets those prospects that become clients, the ones that are already ready to say yes. He just has to not screw it up. What he doesn't have is a way to uncover needs, wants, wounds, their value systems, their rules, what's important to them, what their emotional drivers are. So in other words, there's a lot more people he can help, but he can't get them to overcome the one thing that holds every prospect back from the yes, which is fear. Fear of change, fear of making the wrong decision, fear of the unknown, and another pie chart, another graph, another run through the pitch book will not allay those fears because fears are irrational. They're emotional. You cannot fight fear with logic, and that's what most of you do. So you need to rearm yourself with a different process, a different set of skills, a different approach. 
That's why we talk about, I use the word influence, not selling, and meetings, right? Now, if you're a member of Practice Power, all you need to do is going to the sales training center on dashboard. There's meeting mastery and then mastering the art of people. Two very long, detailed uh, series. Each one, by the way, 27 modules of several hours each, helping you understand what you need to do. So on a scale of one to nine, how good are you? How's your ratios? How are you looking at things? And how frustrated have you been at sitting in front of people that you can help, that need your help, and you just can't get them over the hump? So again, scale of one to nine, please do that. All right. Let's go on to the next benchmark. And this one, I'm going to take a little, hopefully not too much time, but I want to explain a little bit uh, because this is relatively new, a new piece that we have. It's called your core story and statement of preeminence. Okay, so let me explain what they are first, and I'm going to not, probably not give it justice because of our time constraints, but just kind of let me give you a basis of it here. Uh, I explain it further again for those of you who are members of Practice Power as part of the business planning piece. Uh, there is a whole video on what that all means, right? So basically, a statement of preeminence answers this very important question. Why should I, a prospect, hire you? Hire you and your team. What makes you better, superior, outstanding, uh, you know, high above all the rest, what makes you deserving of my business? And you know what's interesting? When I do this live at business planning events, or I talk to clients about this, um, I get a lot of blank stares. Because, you know, I get usually garbage back. Well, we're client-centric, we're holistic. You know, I get these buzzwords, which I don't know what they mean. What does client-centric mean? What does holistic mean? What is, you know, so, you know, you know, we're very service-oriented. Well, what the hell does that mean? Right, all those things. And it's not about coming up with a slogan to slap on your website or slap on your LinkedIn profile. It's, it's, from a, it's a business philosophy. It's core. You know, what, it's something you think about. It becomes part of your DNA, your team's DNA, your business DNA. Why do you deserve the business? What makes you better? What makes you superior? What gives you the advantage than anybody else, your competitors? And you have to be specific. Does your team have more experience than most? Do you run your money or do you outsource your money? Do you do financial planning? How often do you talk to your clients? How do you educate them? How do you review them? How do you communicate? How do you serve? How do you add value? How do you create goodwill? Those are all pieces of a statement of preeminence. Why you, right? And then a core story is basically, here's the premise. If I were able to get you a room packed full of a hundred of your top prospects. So if you say to me, hey, my ideal prospect is, and I was able to put a hundred of those in a room, and then I was going to give you five minutes in front of them, PowerPoint, no PowerPoint, handout, no handout. What would you say to them? What story would you give them? In that five minutes, that would be so persuasive, they would absolutely want to sit down with you 
and find out more about hiring you as their advisor? What client story could you give them? What anecdotes could you give them? What background, what verbiage, what bullet points could you give them in terms of a five-minute dissertation that would compel them to want to sit down with you? That is a core story and a statement of preeminence. Okay? So I want you to think about that scale of one to nine. And again, for a lot of you are saying, well, that's like a one or two, because I never even thought about this before. And don't confuse this with a mission statement, because most mission statements are kind of just regurgitated stuff that we ripped off from somebody else's website, or we heard it, or it's, and, and most advisors, when I ask, because I always look at their websites as they, as they come in to see me uh, for an evaluation, I say, well, tell me, tell me about your mission statement. And eight out of ten of them don't even know what it is. They couldn't articulate it. They couldn't, they couldn't uh, you know, give it back to me because it was just something they ripped off of somebody else, right? It's not what we're talking about here. So keep that in mind, okay? Let's move on. Next benchmark, technology. How, and look, I'm going to put this in two different caveats. Some of you are highly constrained because you're with a wirehouse or with a large firm, and they tell you what technology to use, and most of it sucks anyway. And I commiserate, you have my... You have my sympathies, okay? Others are a little bit more of an independent side. You have a lot more choices. Either way, how well have you mastered it? Can you work remotely? Do you work remotely? Do you, do you have the ability to serve clients who are in different states or around the world at the highest level possible using technology as that communication tool, that bridge? Or have you created a traditional location center practice, which has a real chance of becoming obsolete in the next 10 to 20 years. All right. So simple things. How well do you know your CRM? Whether it's Redtail, whether it's Salesforce, whether it's Act, Juncture, whatever the firm cooks up for you, how well do you know on a scale of 1 to 10? Something as simple as your phone. You know, We have the, all these nice, sophisticated phones. A, do you know how to use it? Do you have the right apps on it? Or are you set to go? B, you know, working from home. Here's a very simple example. If you have a home office, is your home office set up as a mirror of your business, uh, as your work office? For example, I've had clients say this to me, well, I'm going to go in the office today, do some work. I say, why? Well, because, I'm, you know, I've got, you know, I've got my laptop with me in my home, but, you know, at the office, I've got three monitors. I've got all this real estate screen. I said, great. Guess what? Monitors are dirt cheap. You can go to Best Buy, you can go to Amazon, get yourself three monitors, set up in your office at home, and, and you know, mirror your office at your home productivity. Second home, mirror it. It's, technology is so inexpensive today, there's no reason why not to, right? So again, I'm not going to belabor this benchmark because, again, there's, again, the, the wirehouse and the independence and things like that. But just ask yourself, how well do I know what I need to know? Little things, like your planning software, you know, again, whether it's uh, whatever you use to do financial planning, how well do you know it? How well do you know everything you need to do, right? Scale of one to nine, come up with it, and then make sure you address that as part of your business plan. Let's move on. Only got a couple more benchmarks left. Uh, next one is the team. Do you, have you surrounded yourself with the right people? Junior partners, administrative people. Now, again, I'm going to have to put a caveat on this. Those of you who are involved with firms, you have a lot, lot, lot less to say, a lot less influence and control over who's around you. I understand that. And then those independent, independent obviously, you have all the control, right, from that perspective. That being said, hear me out. So do we have the right staff, the right assistants, the right junior people? Have we surrounded ourselves? So think of it as like concentric circles. So inside that core circle, right, I've got myself, my, my, my direct team. Right? Do I have the right team? 
And not only that, are they trained properly? Because sometimes you can have the right people, but you haven't trained properly, or even worse, you suck as a leader, and then that creates a whole set of problems. You know, when I've got a client who, who kind of goes through you know, staff, there's the one common denominator in all those scenarios, which is what? The advisor, the leader, right? And so at some point, you got to sit there and say, hey, wait a second. We've had some great people. You just can't retain them or you get frustrated. I'm sorry. It, 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 you know, it's like, the, it's like a bad person going into several marriages. You know, what's the one common denominator? The person, right? So see it for what it is. So inside, so you got the initial circle, right? The core, your direct team. Then we go outside. Those would be your, we'll call them your extended partners. That's your wholesalers your technology consultant, your coach, right? Uh, your personal trainer, anybody else outside. So these are not people directly on the payroll as an employee. They are more your consultants, uh, you know, people that you rely on. Uh, they're, your, you know, they're your CPA partners for your clients, your state planning attorneys for your clients, the extended thing. So I want you to think again, two circles, the interior circle, and then what's around us. Do you have the right players? Or do you need to elevate who you have on your extended team to do a great job? Again, on a scale of one to nine, benchmark, and then make some strides into going ahead and making that difference, okay? Last one, and we're almost done. And we'll be a little late today with the timelines, but hopefully you'll forgive me. So I saved the best for last. Because, you know, it's kind of funny. People hear the first five minutes of something and then usually the last five minutes of something. So here's the last benchmark, number 13. Do you have and are you living and are you, and are you on track for your ideal life and lifestyle? All of you have the, have the uh, invitation from me to go into practice power for free and actually do module one of the business planning process. Ideal life and lifestyle. You have it articulate. You have your grand vision. And if you do have your grand vision, how close are you? Though the one of the key ways that I gauge myself as a coach, some people say, Joe, well, how do you how do you know if, how do you know if you're effective? You know, how do you know if you're making a difference? And you know, it's easy to look at the math, right? Uh, it's easy to look at that. So, well, you know, we, you know, we have increased, I think last year, uh, most of our clients increased by 23, 24% on average. I mean, some people increased by 10%, some people killed it, right? But if I took an average, it's right around 23% last time we looked, right? That's pretty good, because then the typical advisor grows at maybe 5%. So we have, a, we have a value proposition there, right? But making more money and you're still fat and miserable, excuse the language, is not success. That count looks good, better, right? To me, I, I gauge myself on, am I moving my clients towards their ideal? A, have, have, I helped my, have I helped them define it, vision it, articulate it, refine it? And then B, are we moving closer to it? Anytime a client comes to me with a major decision, whether it's to get rid of a business partner, acquire practice, change firms, whatever it is, right? There's always one common question I'll ask. Tell me how this moves you closer towards your ideal life and lifestyle. Does it? Because if it, because if it does, then you know what? It's the right decision. I'll give you a very quick story to give you this illustration. About four years ago, I had one of my clients come to me, 
He said, look, I've got, I need to let you know this. I'm considering changing firms, and I just want to talk to you about it. I said, great, let's talk. And I said, okay, fine. And, and you know, changing firms, independent, it's a big decision. You know, I always say who you associate with as a professional is as important as who you marry or decide to spend your life with. It's, it's literally, from a business perspective, that important. And I said, okay, so tell me why we want to make this change. Because you're happy here. I mean, it wasn't like it was devastating where he was. I mean, it was, it was okay. And he says, well... You know, I've got 1.5 million reasons why uh, I'm considering the voice. Okay, well, look, I'm not a fan of moving just for the money. So tell me, tell me what the money will do for you. So let's just say I, let's say I stroked you a check for 1.5. What would you do with the money? He said, well, I pay off all my debt, uh, my mortgages, everything. Uh, I would be able to put all the money, uh, you know, all, I would be able to fund all my children's college education. It's okay, great. And he's got like five kids. I said, what else will it do? Um, my, I, can, I can then let my, um, my, my spouse uh, leave her job, which is okay job, but you know, she'd rather not do it, and go do what she wants to do, which is you know, help the kids through school and volunteer at, I think it was like an animal shelter or something. You know, she's, she's very much into helping animals. It's great. So then let me ask you this question. With, all, with the debt gone, college handled, the economic pressure, you know, basically totally gone, total freedom economically. Does that get you closer to your ideal life and lifestyle? He pondered it for a couple seconds, and he came back and said, yeah, it does. I said, great, then that's your decision. And he hasn't looked back, and, you know, four years later, it was a great move, successful, economics good, and you know what? He's very cl- he's, he's there, and that's the beauty of what we do. So... As a quick story, just a reminder, so when you look at your world, how close are you on a scale of one to nine, living your ideal life and lifestyle, or even figuring out what that means, right? So here's what I'm going to do. For those of you who are not clear on this, this is my gift. All you have to do is go to Practice Power, register as a free member, go to Business Planning Center, and do module number one, free. No credit card, nothing, my gift to you. Once you have it articulated, then you know, okay? So I know we ran a little late this this week. My apologies. So let me also tell you what's going to happen because obviously the holidays are fast approaching, and it just so happens that our holidays fall on a Friday. So obviously I'll be with you next week, next Friday, um, to... um, do uh, probably some business planning tips. That's my my first thought on what to do, kind of articulate some different things. But also, I also want to let you know that somewhere between Christmas and New Year's, that I'll be putting a podcast out there. You know, it won't be on a Friday, probably be somewhere midweek. I'll be on strategic time, and uh, I'll share that with you also. Um, again, if you're looking at this, if, if you're listening to this, I would say go back to the post where I, where I put this and either follow the direct link to Practice Power or just Google Practice Power, one word, and again, join as a free basic member and do Module 1, my gift to you. So have a great weekend, have a great next week, and I'll see you in about seven days.